The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood is right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by a mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with unpaid overtime, where sexual assault is so commonplace that you get to sign a waiver promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, alcoholism, anorexia nervosa, bulimia, and or obesity dependent upon your job and or role, hallucinations, loss of integrity, complete loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, as well as excessive chapping of the lips from kissing everyone's ass. If you have any of these side effects or begin to question your life choices, please contact your therapist because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Alexis, Summer Helene. Alexis scared the uh, crap out of herself. <laughs> she's not a good public speaker. So I was like, yeah, do the little PSA thing. Mm-hmm. It like, actually okay. sounds more scary when she does it. Everything sounds more scary when she does it. And apparently she's got you doing Donald Duck, so she was uh, laughing. (laughs) But everything sounds more scary when you have a dominatrix do it. Or sexy, one of the two. Or sexy, I yeah, don't know, yeah. No middle ground, no, none whatsoever, so, you know. That, that's it, because when I do what I do, like the orbit scum voice, the orbit scum, for a nice clean feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to do those, like, ads. So I do what I do, the weird voice, and Alexis sounds all scary. I've heard her talk to men in that voice. She mm. frightens them. Fair enough. No, no, she's talked to me in that voice. It frightens me. And, she, <laughs> and I know she's going to kill me for all those little fart noises I was making while the thing was going, <laughs> while she was trying to go through that. Yeah. Because I'd like to. <laughs> part of me is still five years old, all right? Of course. You know, I remember, yeah, yeah we went, we, yeah. you took that little fart machine thing to Adult Con last year. Of course. I thought it was great. <laughs> now, I do have to say, I always want to remind everyone before we start, since I. Uh, <laughs> since we horrified everyone, mm-hmm. that every time someone swears <laughs> on this show, <laughs> we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and Free MMA. It's matched by Voice America, so the show gives it, and then Voice America matches it, and we give the money to these charities. <laughs> that's not swearing. That's <laughs> this is wrong, Paul, just wrong. But that counted. Okay, Not really, no. It's, it's yeah. Just go through the seven words you cannot say on television or radio. Ship is fucking cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. There you go. See? Mm-hmm. If anyone can tell us, here you go. Here's our first giveaway. Um, <laughs> we'll give, we'll do, give you a painting from Arpino's palette. If you can tell us who wrote the bit or who wrote the skit or who, who wrote the uh, bit, the seven words you cannot say on radio and television. So write that in for us. Whoa, what was that? That was probably Alexis. Oh, uh, maybe she take a maybe she could take a pill or something. Okay. Um, yeah, Alexis, stop making noises. 
<laughs> so that's okay. our first giveaway. And, of course, we always have our standard giveaways. Today we're going to have Clint Arthur on the show. Mm-hmm. He is a celebrity entrepreneur. He's personal. He's a personal branding expert. He w- went to the Wharton School of Business. He's a Wharton School of Business graduate. Mm-hmm. Dan Kennedy's uh, GKIC Info Marketer of the Year. With 18 years running on his own gourmet food company, Clint is the number one best-selling author of Breakthrough Your Upper Limits on TV, followed by What They Teach You at the Wharton Business School, then Speaking Game, Seven-Figure uh, seven Speaker Secrets Revealed, and his new manifesto, Celebrity Entrepreneurship. So he's written a lot of stuff and done a lot of stuff. I'm really excited for him. Um, for everyone writing in about a couple of things we've got. I'm, I'm going back and forth on Twitter uh, about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, they still, I know, didn't care. You know, so it was one of those things. <laughs> oh, okay. Paul's like, do we care? Well, I don't particularly right. like Amber Heard. I have to admit that. Um, I got two reasons to like her, but, you know, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> that's a different, yeah, that's a little different. But she's kind mm-hmm. of a pain in the butt. All right. And Johnny seems a bit high maintenance at this point. Uh, he's always been high maintenance. Yeah, he's so pretty much been, what, high since about 1994, I think, or what? 89. Um, or before. Fair enough. I think he got high before I was born and hasn't stopped. Yeah, that explains a lot. But, you know, hey, the guy, he works. So what's going on with them? Why are people well, talking? She's he's suing her for fifty million dollars because she really kind of jumped on the Me Too thing and started to amount to domestic violence and being beat by Johnny Depp. Um, Did he lose fifty million dollars? No, he's suing her for defamation of character. Oh, okay. Saying he didn't do it. So they already had a seven million dollar divorce settlement. Now he's suing her for fifty million dollars, and his argument is this was put out. Right before Aquaman was released, seven million dollars. Aquaman. Well, she she donated the seven million dollar settlement to charity, but Uh she came out with this uh, accusation right before Aquaman was released, and it did give her a bunch of press. Oh, she an Aquaman? She is. She's a chicken Aquaman. Um, Aquaman was really disappointing to me. I haven't seen it. It Uh, was the the special effects were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And the lead, of course, the bloke is wonderful. Right. Amber Heard could be replaced with any actress in Hollywood. Uh, she yeah. is so she, nothing in that film. She, she is the definition a of, a, of a mattress, right? Model yes. slash actress. Yeah. Model first. Mm-hmm. Not hacking on models. They, they, you know, they have a place in our society to set unattainable goals for the common folk. But... That, <laughs> When it comes, I, to I'd you. like to. I'd like to remind you, Paul. That's where I started. You're treading on thin ice here. <laughs> I'm kidding. Keep going. <laughs> you know I'm right. That's. The I thing. know you're right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, take, take it for take it from a girl that started as a model. It's true. Mm-hmm. I modeled because it was. Uh, I was supporting myself because I wanted to act. Mm-hmm. Then it turned out I didn't like the attention. <laughs> like I just didn't like the attention. Um. Mm. No, I, I yes. get that. I, I hate I hate acting. I hate performing acting when people are watching. Yeah, See, just one of my pet peeves. I loved. I, I hate performing acting when people are watching. Mm. I loved. I loved stage. 
and I loved the interaction with the audience when I was younger. I loved it. I still like speaking for that reason. Um, but with film, I found there was no feedback, and there were with sitcoms and things, and those were fun to do. Right, live but studio I started, mm-hmm, But I started getting really uncomfortable when people would come up and ask for a photo or people would contact me or touch me. The big thing was touch me. Is I'd have a lot of people trying to take photos and touch me, and I just I couldn't hack that. Well, so God, God bless them. The actors put up with a lot more than I can because I, I get, I, I look I, like. Have Have you ever seen the you know the Looney Tunes cat hanging from the ceiling by its nails? Mm-hmm. That's what I look like when people try and come up and take photos. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a weird one not too long ago where uh, uh, basically I was at a party and a friend of mine's mom thought she had recognized me from something. And uh, she probably he, did. You've done everything. He ran over to me and said, "Paul, please tell me that you've been in other things besides porn, because I don't know <laughs> what to tell my mother right now." <laughs> That's awesome. We never did did figure out what it was that she thought she saw me in. We just kind of like, okay, maybe I just have one of those faces. But no, you know, you've been in a ton of stuff. Again, really <laughs> again you don't. You know, don't ask a question that you don't want answered. So we just kind of let it sit, you know, and that's fine. <laughs> Best answer ever. Tell me you've done other things besides porn. <laughs> <laughs> you've done everything in every position. That sounds really bad considering we're talking about porn, but right, I mean, yeah. from a film that's, perspective. You're just loading the gun there, Jared. <laughs> just loading the gun. You've done, you've, done uh, you, you've acted and produced and directed and performed and crude and propped and all the fun shit that you know well there you go it just shows I have ADHD or something like that everyone in entertainment <laughs> does yeah it's a oh, little bit. so for the people writing in is he guilty um, well he got in trouble for hitting Winona Ryder he got in trouble for wrecking a hotel room he got in trouble for hitting his ex-girlfriend um, the French lass he got in trouble for hitting um Kate Moss. So I can't answer that because I don't want to get sued. <sighs> and I won't either, but again, it's just a matter of he said, she said, she, she said, said, she said, she said, she said, she's yeah. Okay, so there there we go. So. And I don't like Amber Heard. <laughs> like, I don't even like her. Um and I love Johnny Depp. So mm. I don't know. I just the whole thing's ridiculous. I, you know, I mean, if he did it, he did it, and he deserves. But it cost him. Fight. It cost him his new role in uh, Pirates, the new Pirates, which is why he's suing. Oh, so he did lose money. It cost. Oh, so yeah. what, what are they going on with uh, putting Orlando Bloom in there, or just like he's he's no longer Captain Jack Sparrow, or what? I don't know. Hmm. I don't, yeah, well, you know, maybe they could, you know, recast the role with somebody younger. I don't know. That's I, It was such a specific role. Like, there are some, I still don't like Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique. I liked Rebecca Romaine better. Right, right. Um, if they recast uh, Wolverine, who he and Patrick Stewart, so Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, were mm-hmm. just honored by the Guinness World Book of Records for being the longest serving superhero actors. Um, which huh. is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, I think Samuel Jackson's eventually going to overtake him. But yeah. 
Well, longest serving, not who's done the most. No, if no, we're no. just going to go I with know, the most. <laughs> I know. I, I said exactly. And as serving, Samuel Jackson is not there. There, because he, he basically has to say he's been serving as long as Robert Downey Jr. Anybody who was an Iron Man won. Yeah, well, but remember so, Wolverine, all, right. all of the have come and out they since started, then. This started right. in like 2001. Right, and then Iron Man was 2008, I believe. So yes, absolutely. I say eventually Samuel Jackson will overtake them, but, you know, because that's just what he does. But right now he's not. Not because they've already recast uh, James McAvoy, plays mm-hmm. a young young Xavier, and uh, I don't know who they're going to get to play uh, Wolverine if they ever use him again. Again, I have suggestions, but, you know. Who would you suggest? Oh, we have to go to break. When we come back, we are going to talk about who would be the next Wolverine. And to the people on Twitter who are hissing spit at me, I like Hugh Jackman too. So don't be ridiculous. He's one of my Aussie boys and he's gorgeous. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. This Mm -hmm. is Behind the Scenes. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with co-hosts Thomas Rosenberg and Ronnie Langer Kroger. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as we speak with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com's social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurment? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric E.Z. Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live. Every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio. Live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. Mm-hmm. And for those writing in, talking to us, um, you'd ask some questions. Well, first off, the Johnny Depp thing, 
yeah, I don't know if he's going to win or lose, but he lost Pirates of the Caribbean, hence the big lawsuit. Yes. Um, for the people writing in, they were asking about why Kanye West and Kim Kardashian have been slammed. They were used a lower middle class kitchen as a photo op. And then so did uh, Haley Baldwin and um, Justin Bieber. I have and no so idea who Haley Baldwin is. Justin Bieber's oh. wife. Oh. He's so, right. yeah, he got married. Yeah, so, one of the yeah. weird bold ones, not the good bold one, one of the weird bold oh, ones. Oh, okay. There's a good bold one? I like Alec. Oh, yeah, Steven's great. Steven's uh, pretty good. Steven's uh, good. <laughs> and actually, Daniel Baldwin, was it Daniel Baldwin? Which one was in Firefly? He was pretty good, too. Uh, that is not a Baldwin, in in a sense, the, the Baldwins. Oh. Uh, Adam Baldwin is a uh, completely separate Baldwin. Oh, well, mm-hmm. they're breeding prolifically, so God only knows. Anyway, um, so the big thing the big thing about it, people are asking why they're doing it, and it's really pissing people <gasps> off because it's playing poor. <laughs> Keeping up with the Cardassians got huge because it was all about money, about being rich, about having a lifestyle that nobody can attain. Well, now what's happened, if you go to YouTube, you're going to see it flooded with people, calling people peasants, showing off what they have. The only way to be different is to go in a different direction. The only way to come up with something new is to do what hasn't been done. Well, this hasn't been done with them because it's against brand. Mm. And everyone has now gone with the Cardassian brand. Not the whole, I live in a mausoleum house. That's just weird. Mm. But with the... um, Look how rich I am. Look at my new kicks. Look at my new jewelry. Mm-hmm. That's kind of become the social media thing. So right. when something becomes mainstream, you have to go in a different direction. And so what they're doing is trying to sell off as if they were, you know, together way back when when things were rough. In Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin's case, it's trying to sell a new young married couple, kind of chill in their first uh, start at home. It's so just not they're like- trying to relate to the common folk by appearing in the common folks kitchen essentially but they're trying to move away from an oversaturated brand (sighs) this makes my head hurt okay uh yeah it makes sense (laughs) yeah no no no. they make my head hurt all the time so yes it, it makes sense sense but uh why not why not I, I still find it hard to care i really do i really do why i just don't you know i respect them for what they've uh, been able to accomplish uh with uh, especially in uh the kardashian's case with as little talent as she actually has i've actually seen That's her try the mother. i've i've seen i've seen her try to act and I've also heard, I've heard her try to sing. They had to figure out something, you know. Otherwise, she just would have to either married well or she would be a stripper, you know, one of the two. Well, she's pretty much a stripper, and I am not like. And I God bless strippers. her for it. That's like the thing. That, yeah. So so yeah. She as long as she keeps that up. You know, I gotta say, it's my hats off to her mother. Mm. Chris took a bunch of completely unexceptional people and made them famous. But with that unexceptional, ridiculously, isn't isn't the daughter or the Kylie right? Yeah, billionaire. she a billionaire. Yeah, but not with inherited money. Really, it is her own made money. Yeah, that was the big her. deal. 
Um, but what she did have that most people don't have, you know, people say they have no talent. Well, they right. fucking have a work ethic. I'd like to remind everyone every time we swear we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Humane Society, and of course, Free MMA. Uh. It's matched by Voice America. Mm. Um, so they have a work ethic. Okay. And if you're willing to put that much work into something, you're going to get famous. So, yes, they didn't have talent, but what they did have right. was a back-breaking work ethic. And, and it's the back-breaking work ethic that is going to keep you there. But you also have to be able to, uh, or have an overwhelming desire to prostitute yourself to the nth degree. Yeah. And the mother it was brilliant. I mean, just brilliant at how she put everything together. Because she took a bad spin. Everyone blames her for um, Kim Kardashian's sex tape coming out. Mm. You mean the one that launched a billion-dollar industry? Yeah, that was was horrible. But she actually fought it. She took a court. Hell, I tried to release a sex tape. Nobody gives a shit. (laughs) If I put out a sex tape, no one would want to see it. It would just be me going, oh, do we have to? Mm. Um, (laughs) But it's she fought it. So so Kris Jenner really fought this sex tape coming out. Uh, When they lost and it leaked... Right. She took a completely different approach. But while they were fighting it, she used the fighting it for press for uh, her husband. While they were, once they lost, she used the loss for press. She has a brilliant mind. Um, Sue Cameron, she's been on the show before. She writes a lot about celebrities. She's a celebrity reporter, amazing woman. She's a friend of the show. Actually knows uh, Chris Jenner. And has said, you know, it's, there's, it doesn't matter what situation you give her. She knows exactly how to spin it. So she's a lot like the guests we have on today. Um, and, and that's what it's about. It's about spinning good or bad. What can you do with it? And not many people can do that. Mm-hmm. That kind of spin is hard. Putting a dress point, on the 300 pound girl in the room. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Kim Kardashian, she, everyone talks about how glamorous and gorgeous she is. She's not. If you've seen her out of makeup, she's really not. She works hard to take care of herself and does herself up well. I've seen a lot of actresses out of makeup. I know. It's never a good thing. It has been. But, you know, there's there's a certain amount of craft and magic into making somebody look good. I I was, out of respect for the diva in question, I was on a a shoot where I think a, a classic diva, diva in her... I think she was 70-something at that point. point. Uh, and I saw her before they brought out the construction scaffoldings and brought out the point rollers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But, you know, wow. You know, mm-hmm. find the right light. Like, we had the Oscars over the weekend, and apparently Jennifer Hudson tried on uh, 40, 40 different outfits uh, in the stage, in the lighting, because you have to be in the actual arena. Because she was one, she performed the song from the uh, that RGB, the, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary, that somehow was nominated for an Oscar. I, d- I do have to give everyone a heads up. If you ever find yourself in a red carpet or on camera, or you're just taking pictures for Instagram, hold your dress up to the light, lift up one layer, mm-hmm. and hold it up. If you can see through that T-shirt or through that dress, so can everyone else <laughs> when that when when the flash goes off. So be aware. Why are you telling them this? This half my porn is that stuff. 
<laughs> I'm just saying. That's like, it's like I, I, I will always pull like, the dress over my head and mm-hmm. hold one piece out in front. And if I can see through that in any way, I'm putting on a slipper. I'm not wearing the dress. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not saying that she was uh, anywhere in danger of getting of having uh, a wardrobe malfunction in that sense. But that she was a young diva, tries on 40 different outfits. Apparently, mm-hmm. Bette Midler tried on two. So, you know, the older, the older divas, but the, the girls that have been in it forever and mm-hmm. hats off to Bette Midler. I love her. Oh, yeah. um, they've got their shit down. They mm-hmm. know it looks good. They know it's not going to look good. And it's that simple. Right. I want this style, this cut, pick a color. Here's the color range I can wear. Mm-hmm. Keep it in this range. So they do know that. Um, when you, but when you come to. Yes. My someone world like, changed once I figured out I was an autumn. <laughs> I'm a winter. Mm. That's ironic for a summer. Shut but um, <laughs> that's just because I've really, like, really cold skin tones. Um, but when you look at Kim Kardashian and what these people have accomplished, it's it's the work ethic behind it. So for everyone that keeps writing in and asking how to get famous, how work your fucking ass off after your sex tape was leaked. Yeah. That could have been an absolute destruction for her. It really could. I didn't it know, depends. I didn't even know who the hell she was. You know, pretty much. It was based on the fact that it was with Ray J, and he right. was more well known at the time. So, and I, and I always, you know, I knew knew Bruce Jenner was. I know he was kind of Canadian, and I uh, knew who Robert Kardashian was. But the big, the big thing was. Um, What's her face? Paris Hilton fought her sex tape coming out, but it made a career for her. And Kris Jenner copied the steps that Paris Hilton followed after the fact Uh and used it that way. And for those that don't know, for everyone that says that was just writing in saying, well, she did nothing else before, she was actually an assistant. She was Paris Hilton's assistant. She was an assistant for a lot of people. That's where everyone starts. So, again, you can make fun of uh, Kim Kardashian all you want. She started as, a, as an assistant to Paris Hilton, who is the diva of divas. Yeah, cool chick. Yeah. Really nice chick. Don't get me wrong. But, holy shit, she's hard to work with. Which, I don't know. Has she done anything in the last, like, five, six, seven, eight years? Or? Predominantly commercial work, a lot mm-hmm. of work, but more than anything else, philanthropic work. Um, she's a huge philanthropist, big into animal charities, uh, and she's a really cool person. She sure. really, she's a really cool human being. Um, but you know, I've, I've been an assistant and that's really hard. And to be an assistant to someone like Paris Hilton, you know, my boss was, uh, a, you know, a, a really old fella from over at Paramount that terrified the world. The worst thing I ever did was get hit with a stapler. Mm. But your whole job, when you're an assistant to someone like that, is one, never outshine them. Um, it's why you'll always see producers in black and the actors in color, is producers are hiding behind the scenes. If you see a really pretty producer, they'll never stand next to an actor. A really handsome producer, they try not to stand near the actors. Your yeah, job there's is the reason you hire them, the actors. It's, you know, the yep. producers hire the actors. They, it's a... Pretty much. Yeah. You never want to outshine mm. That can go really wrong. They get mad. <laughs> and not to be confused with people who are like producer, like name only. Like, oh, the, like the girl who plays Eleven on uh, Stranger Things. 
things. Am I getting that right? Which, yeah. which is f- fantastic. Uh, what is it? Uh, Bobby, Billy Joe or something. Uh, I, yeah. Bobby Ray something. Sorry. You know, but she's not apparently she's got a she's getting producer credit and she doesn't have a driver's license. How the fuck does that happen? Like, where have I gone wrong? She's in my a life? star of the freaking show. That's how that happens. She's a All star right, of the show. Boom. Here's a producer credit. Okay, fair enough. Uh, she's got a good agent. That's all you have to say. Um, I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of The Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be doing our giveaways, and we're going to be on with our special guest. Our giveaways are for off-road rentals in Palm Springs, California, and from uh, True Rest, Floats Pass, and Sedona and Las Vegas. Uh, uh, we'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. What defines your success? Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. And I know I talked about him earlier, so I'm not going to go through the whole bio again. But I'd like to introduce the celebrity entrepreneur, the personal branding expert, the all-around badass, number one best-selling author, Clint Arthur. Welcome to the show. So great to be behind the scenes. So I have to ask, we went through uh, your bio earlier, and I had a bunch of people write in on Twitter, and the first question they asked is, how do I get famous? So I figured we'll just jump straight in there since we never get to any of the questions from Twitter. 
it's a very smart question. You know, about 35% of kids today, all they want to do is get famous. And they think they could do it by being a YouTube star or having their own channel. And, you know, yes, you kind of get to be known like that. But that's not really what it's all about. What you want to do is you want to be famous to a target market. You want to be famous to a group of people. You can't become Kim Kardashian. You can't become Paris Hilton and famous to the whole world. All you can really expect to accomplish these days is to become famous to a group of people that you want to target your marketing efforts to because really fame is marketing. I like that. How did you get into doing this? When I graduated from the Wharton Business School, I went home to get the attaboys from my parents. And what happened? They erupted into the biggest argument of all time. And, and they were arguing my whole life. Your parents ever argue when you were growing up, Summer? Uh, yeah, they're divorced now. They were really good at it. Yeah, Like exactly. superstars. Now, <laughs> yeah. Well, with us, it was like, when weren't they arguing? And sure enough, they get into the biggest argument of all time. My dad storms out of the house. And I turned to my mom and I said, you know, mom, the way he's been resenting you all these years, have you been cheating on dad? And I'm thinking to myself, where did that question come from? I never thought that thought before in my whole life. And then I'm thinking, what kind of smart-ass son, son of a gun asked his mom a question like that? Uh, you can say bitch, thinking, it's for charity. Oh, yeah, yeah every right? time you, you can say, yeah. you can, every time you swear, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society, and Free MMA. And it's also matched by Voice America. This is an OT and an over show, so you can say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there thinking, what kind of a smart-ass son of a bitch asked his mom a rude question like that? And then I'm thinking, how come she ain't answering the question? <laughs> and then she, oh, and then she says, That's he's not, not your real father. Your real father was a doctor at the fertility clinic we went to for six years trying to have you, and you look just like that guy. Oh, shit. And, yeah. Now imagine how you would feel if suddenly everything you thought you knew about who you were, poof. I sure as heck didn't know who I was anymore. I sure as heck didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up anymore. So I call up the investment bank at number one World Trade Center on the 87th floor, talk about ground zero, and I said, guys, thank you. I appreciate the offer. I decided I don't want to be an investment banker anymore. And what did I do? Naturally, I moved out to Hollywood. <laughs> People go to Hollywood trying to lose themselves. I went there to find myself. That's how screwed up I was. <laughs> and I started going on auditions. You came out with a good story. Plays. That's a good, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a good story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that took me through the next 13 years of my life. Let's say December 31st, 1999. Were you at an ATM getting your Y2K cash? I was behind the wheel of yellow cab number 6087. I was in school. I was still a kid. Huh? Yeah, I was, I was still a kid then. Yeah, I remember fighting. I went to like one of the smallest towns in California figuring that that probably wouldn't be affected. But yeah, I bought into the Y2K stuff. I don't remember the Y2K stuff. I, I've heard of it since. Well, but I was, I was not affected. Like I didn't have a checking account. I had a savings mm-hmm. account that I... My parents put like, you know, I put $2 in a week, but. Well, 
in the backseat of my cab that night were these two guys who were MBA interns at Goldman Sachs, and I'm listening in on their conversation. And one of them says, hey, did you hear about Mr. Carrera? They made him the last partner right before the IPO, and he cashed out a gazillion dollars when Goldman went public. And I said, are you guys talking about Chris Carrera? And their eyes are bugging out. And they're like, how do you know Mr. Carrera? And Chris Carrera was just a pledge in my fraternity when I was at Wharton. And when I was a pledge master, I used to make those little punks dance around the living room of the house with their tidy whities <laughs> on top of their heads. And now he just cashed out a gazillion dollars and I'm driving around the interns in my cab. And that night, that, my pillow turned into a sponge soaking up my tears. And I said, I cannot keep smashing my head up against the brick wall of this Hollywood dream that's been a nightmare for 13 years. And I swore I was never going to write again. I, was, I just gave up on my dream that night. And I said, I just want to make money. And I, I realized in retrospect that the reason why I was driving a taxi is because they don't teach you this in Wharton. They don't teach you the real thing about how you make money as an entrepreneur. And that is who you are is more important than what you actually do or sell. You have to become somebody special in the eyes of your customers and prospects. You got, like in Hollywood, there's a million actors who are better actors than Arnold Schwarzenegger, but Schwarzenegger was getting $20 million a picture because of who he was. And that's the key to it all. And ever since then, I've been focusing on just being a bigger who in the eyes of my customers and prospects, my target market. That's all I really do. And that's how I started going on TV. I hired a publicist to book me on my first few shows and I sucked. I thought it would be easy to go on TV. I really did. I, I'd watched TV my whole life. I thought, how hard could it be? But it's really not so easy to be great on TV. And I showed my first four TV appearances to my wife and I said, what do you think? And she said, I think you suck. <laughs> and I said, you know, you're right. <laughs> I think I suck too. I'm going to get this publicist to book me on 10 more shows. It was going to cost another $15,000. And she goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why do you keep paying this lady? Why don't you book yourself on these shows? Now, when I met the Rolling Stones, I said to Mick Jagger, Sir Mick, what's the most important thing you ever learned? And he said, you can't always get what you want, but if you try some time, you just might find you get what you need. And I didn't want to become my own publicist. I didn't want to have to start waking up at 2.30 in the morning, cold calling TV stations all around the country. But that's what I needed to do to save the money and to actually make progress. And that's how I learned how to do this. That's how I learned how to book myself on TV. I've booked myself on more than 102 television appearances. I've taught students how to do it. And they've booked more than 3,800 television appearances with ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox over the last five years. And that's how it all began. Amazing. How was your first call? I know we cold call. Um, I, I cold call and my assistant cold calls. It's her least favorite thing in the world. Um, in entertainment, you cold call all the time. And, you know, the assumption is eventually you're going to get rejected. Usually out of 100 calls, you get one maybe. Mm. What was the hardest part for you? It took me about two months to book my first show. <laughs> you went a little past that 100. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it really took me a long time to figure out how to make it happen. 
But once I got that first one, it was like getting addicted to crack cocaine. And, you know, I asked Mike Tyson, I said, champ, what's the most important thing you ever learned? He said, everybody's got a plan until I punch him in the face. And for me, getting on TV has been my Mike Tyson punch in my career. It really has propelled me forward in everything that I do, because especially today, there's so few people going on TV. Everybody's on YouTube. See, and yeah. that's the problem that most of these kids have. These kids are all smart and thinking, yeah, I want to be famous. I want to go on YouTube. Okay, great. But the problem is everybody's on YouTube. And if you're doing the same thing as everybody else, that's not going to help as much unless you become, you know, somebody who has 10 million subscribers. But that's not easy to do. But if you go on TV, there's very few people who are going on TV today. And that's the differentiation. That's the factor that makes you appear to be different than everybody else. When I spoke about this, look, I've spoken about this multiple times at events for the Entrepreneurship Club of Harvard Business School with Suzanne Summers as another speaker. She's at, a nice lady. That event. She's a very nice lady. Very nice lady. Very sweet lady. I, I've spoken about it at West Point with leaders of our nation's future. And you saw him on the State of the Union address, Buzz Aldrin. He was the astronaut who walked on the moon. He was another speaker at that event with me at West Point. And I spoke about it at USC's business school in the entrepreneurship department. And they have this logo. The logo of the USC entrepreneurship department is a circle made up of dots with one dot outside and slightly higher than the rest of the circle. And that's how you win the entrepreneurship game. That's how you get the whole pie, not just little crumbs, is by being different and higher status, being higher quality, perceived to be better than the rest of your competition doing the same thing as you. And how do you do that? Well, it's not from being on YouTube. It's from being different than everybody else who's on YouTube. And that's where TV has come in for me. See, I think that's brilliant. Uh, one of the one of the I have two publicists or two people that work in publicity and management that I really know and respect. One is Cindy Honeg, and she's the one that told Sally Jesse Raphael, "If you're going to wear glasses, wear glasses," and bought her red glasses. Said, "If you're going to wear them, wear them. Let them stand out." Um, and the other is Chris Jenner, who took her, her kids are hardworking. We were talking about this earlier, but with very very little talent. Their talent is that they'll work their ass off. Um, and this came up because Kanye West and Kim Kardashian got slammed for taking pictures in, you know, middle-class kitchen trying to look every day. And they've had to do this because their brand has always been really high-end. Now everyone's doing the, look what I have, look at my new kicks, you know, that's kind of become the norm. So now they're trying to go a different direction. Justin Bieber's doing the same thing. Everyone's trying to gear away from what's become so mainstream. And it seems like you've, you've kind of skipped that. You haven't gone with the trends, you haven't started them, you haven't, um, fe you know, fed into them. You've just gone your own way entirely. And that's very, very rare in entertainment. What made you decide to step away from the trends? I've just been doing what I can do and figuring out what I can figure out that works, you know. And there are only a few things that actually work. TV is one of them. Speaking is another one that really works. And then my favorite thing is celebrity attachment when you're in photographs with famous people. That's a tremendous marketing technique. And you talk about Chris Jenner. Chris Jenner is genius. 
She's, she's brilliant. the genius behind the whole thing, right? Oh yeah, I'm having, she's an awesome I'm ha- lady. I'm having, an, I'm having an entrepreneurial conference at Carnegie Hall for living legends of entrepreneurship and marketing in September. And I'm hoping to get Chris Jenner to be one of my speakers because she is a living legend in my eyes, even more than Kim, even more than Kanye, even more than all of them. She's the one who oh, masterminded yeah. the entire thing. So I love, love, I can, love her. I, I can hook you up with a couple of people that know her. She's, she's a very cool lady. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, I get she's it. She's a very, very I mean, cool lady. We had Caitlyn Jenner at our, at our event last year. And I asked mm-hmm. Caitlyn my same question. I said, Caitlyn, what's the most important thing you ever learned? And you know what Caitlyn said? It's going to blow your mind. Stay humble. Stay humble. Caitlyn took the ride with all the Kardashians on all the Keeping Up with the Kardashians. She was on so many episodes. You know, a multi-gold medalist in the Olympics, worth hundreds of millions of dollars herself. And her advice is to stay humble. I thought that was so, so genius and so important for everybody because everybody thinks that fame is about your ego. It's really, really not. All these people who are breakthrough entrepreneurs, who are famous, 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 except for the ones who, you know, like if you're, if you're, if you're Cato Kalin, you know, you were, you just happened to be living in the guest house behind OJ Simpson's house. And now you're world famous for that reason. You didn't do anything to make it happen. But for people who are using fame with a purpose, the purpose is to have more impact and influence on the world, to be able to share your message, to be able to have success in business. That's what fame is really all about. It's not about ego. It's about marketing. And that's it. I I think something that people miss, uh, when I hire actors, I may not hire the best actor in the world, but I'm going to hire the actor that gets along with the crew doesn't cause any trouble. I'm going to hire a director that I know does well. People talk about the nepotism in Hollywood, but the reason we hire the people we know is because we know there's not going to be a screw-up. The reason some less talented actors get through is, one, they're unique. Two, they're easy to be on the set with. If someone is a royal pain in the ass, you never want to work with them again, no matter how good they are. It makes the... And, of course, movie sets are always, like, 10, se- 10 seconds away from uncontrollable catastrophe. Oh, yeah. Complete freaking disasters. It's like flying an airplane with one wing missing that's already on fire. Right. And you want to have a good soul in your so- in uh, foxhole next to you, you know? Yep. That's it. And so what you're saying is is really uh, exact, at least for, you know, Paul and I uh, both work in entertainment and Paul's been in it since forever and done everything in it. Mm. And the one constant that you'll find is the, you know, well, the term my boss used to use was the asshole never prospers. Um, and, you know, he was kind of a mean dude and I loved him, but... The yes, yeah, so who threw office equipment after you? Yeah. <laughs> he, he he hit me accidentally with a stapler while trying to throw it at a director. Had me give it back to him so he could rethrow it at the director. He was he was really old school Hollywood though. God rest Makes his soul. Makes sense. He's okay. you know I'm sure he's looking up at us smiling, um and saving me a spot next to him somewhere warm. But I, I already have parking down there. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> me too. He said he'd save me a spot. <laughs> um, but he said in my eyes. 
in, in my eyes, the ultimate celebrity entrepreneur was Arnold Copelson. Did you know Arnold? He just passed away in October. Produced no, the I tune, didn't. Falling Down, The Fugitive, mm-hmm. The Devil's Advocate, Seven with Brad Pitt, Murder at 1600 with Wesley Snipes. I mean, he produced 29 A level studio feature films throughout his career, resulting in $3 billion of box office receipts. And nobody knew who he was. See, that's, that's what I'm talking about when I say it's about you got to stay humble because all of this fame is really only useful if it's targeted towards a market. Now, in Arnold's case, being an A-level producer in Hollywood, his target market, the people he wanted to be famous to, were studio bosses and A-list celebrity actors like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who starred in his movie Eraser. Or uh, in, in the movie The Fugitive, he had Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones was also the star of another movie of his called Firebirds, which was about the Apache attack helicopter. It was like Top Gun with Apache attack helicopter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Uh, Nicolas Cage. I hate Nicolas Cage. So when you're, when you're referring to know your audience, you're not referring to like a general audience. You're referring about... A specific person or a specific people a specific that you, group. Yeah, you need to do business that you need to do business with. That's what all of this is about. See, you know, Kim Kardashian and Kanye, their audience is everybody because everybody buys clothes and makeup. That's their audience. I haven't but bought makeup for, since 82. So, That's just for the record. <laughs> go to the corner, yeah. Paul. Go to the corner. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, I'm fine. But for the rest of us, for the rest of us who, you know, we, we don't have the... We're not getting struck by lightning like Kim Kardashian was able to do and become famous to everyone. We can only get a certain amount of fame, and that fame has to be deployed on our audience. In my case, my audience is entrepreneurs, people who are business owners, have their own business. And if this makes sense to you, if you have your own business and it makes sense that you should be and need to be famous in the eyes of your customers and prospects, your market your audience, then I'm the, I'm the person you go to to help you make it happen and to transform your career into a certain level of fame that I call celebrity entrepreneurship. That's what this is all about for me. Now, and, for, we, and that's why I talk about Arnold Copelson. Now, we have about four minutes to close. Can you tell everyone mm-hmm. where to find you and buy your books? Don't give out like your personal phone number or email. We've had people do that and we have to like cut it because yeah. you don't want to do that. Um, but where, if how you can want to find out all media, about me, your... you go to, yeah, my, my name is Clint Arthur, and my website is ClintArthur.tv. Clint, like Clint Eastwood, Arthur, like the king, .tv, because I believe every celebrity entrepreneur needs to be on television. My, my new book is out. It's called Celebrity Entrepreneurship. It's on Amazon. You can get it there. $99. It's worth every penny and more. Now, if you had, we've got about three minutes left. Um, Paul, I'll put up our links. I know everyone knows how to find me. They know how to find you. Um, in the last three minutes, if everyone had to know one thing, what do you think that one thing they need to know is? I asked Snoop, what's the most important thing you ever learned, Snoop? He said, life too short to smoke cheap weed. And that's a great metaphor for life. I've been sober for five years. I stopped smoking weed nine years ago. But when Snoop was talking about life being too short to smoke cheap weed, 
that means, you know, you're going to live your whole life. And when you end up on your deathbed, you don't want to look back and say, you know, I did a whole bunch of mediocre stuff or low quality stuff. You want to say, hey, I was smoking the kind buds all the way to the end. I was doing the best stuff I could do. I was doing high quality stuff that made a difference, that had an impact, that created influence and income for me and for my world. And that's what Snoop was talking about when he said, life's too short to smoke cheap weed. Life's too short to smoke cheap weed. I like that. That's a t-shirt. I, I think that's been, well, Snoop's a pretty cool guy. Do you know he supports um, in, in Long Beach, he pays for everyone doing a little league. Uh, all the kids. Like he's, he's actually a really, really cool guy. He's a huge philanthropist. Um, he is a super cool guy. I was at his New Year's Eve concert in New York this year and, you know, it was amazing. He's amazing. And, you know, I, I thought me and my wife would be the only white people in the audience. I was actually kind of scared. But when we got there, it was like 50% of the audience was middle-aged white folks, just like me and my wife. So it's very interesting the way he's built a mainstream audience. He's come from, you know, he came from being, see, this is the thing. He used to be a celebrity entrepreneur. Back in the day when it was just, you know, hardcore rap and the only people who knew him were an urban audience. He was just a, he was a celebrity entrepreneur to those people. Today he's become a mainstream celebrity. Where well, he's saying he's sang with Willie is. Nelson. Um, we've got like ten seconds left. Yeah, he's sang with Willie Nelson. He's sung with everyone and done everything. He's friends with Martha Stewart. Like he's he's just an all-around cool guy. He's also married to his high school yep. sweetheart, and he plays cello. So he's uh, never the guy you think he is. He's always really cool. I want to say thank you so, so much for coming on. We didn't get to almost any of the questions. We never do, but we really didn't get to the questions today that was asked by the audience. So I'm going to try and get Alexis to uh, talk you into coming on again. And I want to say thank you very, very much for coming on the show. I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much. And I want everybody to remember, like, it's too damn short to smoke cheap weed. I like that. Uh, Of course, guys, thank you for tuning in. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, host of The Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin, and we're on mm-hmm. with our special guest, Clint Arthur. Uh, Clint Arthur. I'm saying Clint uh, Arthur. Clint Arthur, author of some really amazing books. Go check it out, and we'll see you next week. Good night. Night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.